Try this in a meeting. Answer someone who expresses doubt about your idea with, okay, let's tweak it. Now focus the argument on revising your idea as if the group had already accepted it. This move is a form of concession, rhetorical jujitsu that uses your opponent's moves to your advantage. It is early in the morning and my 17-year-old son eats breakfast, giving me a narrow window to use our sole bathroom. I wrap a towel around my waist and approach the sink, avoiding the grim sight in the mirror. As a writer, I don't have to shave every day. Marketers despairingly call a consumer like me a low self-monitor. I do have my standards, though, and hygiene is one. I grab toothbrush and toothpaste. The tube is empty. The nearest replacement sits on a shelf in our freezing basement, and I'm not dressed for the part. George, I yell, who used all the toothpaste? A sarcastic voice answers from the other side of the door. That's not the point, is it, Dad? George says. The point is how we're going to keep this from happening again. He has me. I have told him countless times how the most productive arguments use the future tense, the language of choices and decisions. You're right, I say. You win. Now, will you please get me some toothpaste? Sure. George retrieves a tube, happy that he beat his father at an argument. Or did he? Who got what he wanted? In reality, by conceding his point, I persuaded him. If I had simply said, don't be a jerk and get me some toothpaste, George might have stood there arguing. Instead, I made him feel triumphant. Triumph made him benevolent, and that got me exactly what I wanted. I achieve the pinnacle of persuasion, not just an agreement, but one that gets an audience, a teenage one at that, to do my bidding. No, George, I win. The Matrix, only cooler. Useful figure. Synchrosis. Reframes an argument by redefining it. Not manipulation, instruction. You'll find a whole chapter on figures later on, as well as a glossary at the end. Persuasion alert. It's only fair to show my rhetorical cards to tell you when I use devices to persuade you. The Matrix analogy serves as more than a pop culture reference. It also appeals to the reader's acceptance of invisible wheels within wheels in modern existence, from computer software to quantum physics. Rhetoric calls this shared attitude a commonplace. As you shall see, it is one of the building blocks of persuasion. What kind of father manipulates his own son? Oh, let's not call it manipulation. Call it instruction. Any parent should consider rhetoric, the art of argument, one of the essential R's. Rhetoric is the art of influence, friendship, and eloquence, of ready wit and irrefutable logic. And it harnesses the most powerful of social forces, argument. Whether you sense it or not, argument surrounds you. It plays with your emotions, changes your attitude, talks you into a decision, and goads you to buy things. Argument lies behind political labeling, advertising, jargon, voices, gestures, and guilt trips. It forms a real-life matrix, the supreme software that drives our social lives. And rhetoric serves as argument's decoder. 
By teaching the tricks we use to persuade one another, the art of persuasion reveals the matrix in all its manipulative glory. The ancients considered rhetoric the essential skill of leadership, knowledge so important that they placed it at the center of higher education. It taught them how to speak and write persuasively, produce something to say on every occasion, and make people like them when they spoke. After the ancient Greeks invented it, rhetoric helped create the world's first democracies. It trained Roman orators such as Julius Caesar and Marcus Tullius Cicero and gave the Bible its finest language. It even inspired William Shakespeare. Every one of America's founders studied rhetoric, and they used its principles in writing the Constitution. <laughs>